Welcome to the Airport Experience News Podcast, and happy holidays if you're listening to this while on holiday break. I hope that you are enjoying your time off, spending it listening to this pod in between opening gifts and eating, of course. Uh, well, here's something fun. Um, I've gotten a lot of questions, and unfortunately, I've fallen behind in responding to them. Uh, but if you have a question that you would like for me to answer, or a topic I can comment on, it can be fun, nothing too serious. Uh, feel free to email me at ramon at airportxnews.com. I promise to begin replying to them. In fact, I really plan on doing a whole episode dedicated to just answering these questions. So again, uh, feel free to email me, ramon at airportxnews.com. Well, this is episode 83, and here I chat with Aaron Del Conte of C Store Decisions. Now, Aaron and I met in Phoenix in early November. She and I both spoke at a conference called NACIS, the National Association of College Auxiliary Services, and I was truly struck with her presentation. I really enjoyed the peek into the convenience store industry, and it's odd because I really started off thinking that our industries could not be any more different, and the more I listened to her presentation and the more she and I spoke on this episode, the more I began to see how our industries have a lot in common. Um, anyway, I enjoy speaking with folks such as Erin because she's not just a tremendous authority in her space, but also she's just able to give me and us a great look into an environment so different from our own. And you know, Erin's going to mention this during the interview, but it's something that I've been believing in for some time. And that is, I truly believe that we as an industry can advance by learning from what other spaces do best and applying them. So with that, Aaron was great, and I do hope you check out C-Store Decisions to learn more about convenience stores. And with that, here is my conversation with Aaron Del Conte. I am joined by Aaron Del Conte, the executive editor of C-Store Decisions. Aaron, thanks for taking time to speak with me. Thanks for having me. Excellent. So um, I'm in South Florida, and I believe you're in Chicago, correct? I am. That is correct. So it's, it stinks because every time I've been doing these, um, at least in the last few weeks, I kind of rub it in because I've spoken to a lot of folks that are in the Windy City. Like, how cold is it there right now? <laughs> well, there's snow on the ground, at least the dusting. So I'm, I'm pretty jealous of people who have warmer weather this time of year. <laughs> well, I, I will not. I promise not to bring it up again. Maybe at the end, but I won't bring it up again. Anyway. <laughs> So uh, once again, thanks for taking the time to speak with me. Um, for those listening, a little bit of background. You and I spoke over a month ago, or I guess early November, depending on when people download this episode. We both spoke at NACUS, which is um, the National Association of College Auxiliary Services. I can't say that, say that three times fast. Um, we both shared uh, really some insights on our respective industries for new airports, for you convenience stores. And I really enjoyed your presentation because of the points that you were making with respect to the trends that you're seeing in your space. And what I guess we are trying to do, at least on the airport side, and I believe NACUS is as well, is really trying to give our audiences a bit of, um, I guess, exposure to other environments apart from their own. And just so you are aware, for the most part, the folks who manage the airports, um, the airport commercial programs, let's say on the airport side, not the operator side, uh, for the most part, they come from the city. Um, there are those who come from the, what we should call the street side, you know, traditional retail. Um, but for the most of the they come from the city and, you know, they glean a lot of their, um, I guess, learnings and educations from their experience in the airports. And thus we do things like this, where I would love to invite people such as yourself to talk more about your industry. So you're seeing travel kind of change if you're traveling about, and I see travel convenience or maybe say convenience in your space, um, kind of like evolving. But before we get into all that, 
Uh, can you please give a bit of background on C-Store Decisions and the focus of the publication and basically what led you personally there? Great. Well, um, as, as you said before, you know, I'm the executive editor of C-Store Decisions. I've been here about 10 years and C-Store Decisions is a business to business magazine uh, and we focus on the convenience store market. So our articles are written for an audience of convenience store executive level decision makers and we cover everything from what's happening with food service to new technology and the disruption around that to you know, category trends. Um, so we've just celebrated our 30th anniversary as a print publication. And we also have a website, cstoredecisions.com um, and, and daily newsletters and all of that. So um, what led me here, uh, you know, I have a, a journalism background and uh, for a while, I was writing for a baking magazine, and uh, you know, I was writing a lot about about muffins for a B two B magazine about baking. And what I like to say is, you know, the the convenience store industry is just so interesting. You know, there's only so much you can say about muffins, um, but every time I, I write an article for the convenience store industry, you know, there's always something new, uh, interesting, exciting that's happening, and things are changing so quickly. So it's it's a really exciting industry. Uh, to cover and to write about. And uh, it's, it's always keeps me on my toes. So just a bit of a personal question then, did you ever think that this type of industry before you came into it would be as interesting and engaging as you, as you see it now? Tell the truth. uh, Yeah. So it's funny because right after college, I went and I, I actually taught English in Japan for two years and convenience stores in Japan are just, you know, have been light years ahead of, of where we are in the U S and I used to, I was just so enthralled by it. I used to think, oh, wow, you know, like convenience stores are just so cool over here. They're doing all this cool stuff. They've got sushi and all this stuff. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I never in a million years imagined that I would be writing about them one day. Um, so yes, interesting, I guess. <laughs> it's funny you say that. And and we're going to, I'll get to my next question in a second. Um, you said you spent time in Japan and how convenience stores there are just so much more advanced. We get the same thing here on, on the airport side, right? Uh, you know, I think folks who travel abroad will say uh, Singapore Changi, that's a favorite one. And others are like, wow, these, these environments, are so, are, they have majestic waterfalls, um, movie theaters, it's gardens, et cetera. And like, why can't we do that here? And it's like, we're always catching up. And I don't know if you feel that same way in, in your industry, because I know we do. Yes, definitely. I think that, you know, as technology especially continues to evolve, convenience stores are increasingly looking on, you know, to other countries as well as to other industries to find out, you know, what is out there and, uh, you know, what might we be able to do to replicate it here? That's great. So, Aaron, I know you've been um, in the convenience store industry for 10 years now, and I'm sure that like any place in retail within your 10 years, you've probably seen this industry uh, grow and evolve immensely. So I would love for you to kind of share some of the things that you've seen over the past few years, or at least in your decade in this industry, uh, how it's changed, and I'm sure for the better. Definitely. And, you know, I'll even start briefly by going back a little bit further than that. You know, like I said, we had we just celebrated our 30th anniversary as a magazine. And, you know, 30 years ago, the industry was similarly going through some really big shifts. Um, convenience stores, you know, it used to be two and three bay garages that serviced cars. Um, and around 30 years ago, those were being turned into what we think of as small convenience stores. And all they had was like some beverages, some tobacco, some snacks, maybe a couple of gas pumps out front. Um, and so things, as we can see, if you've been in a convenience store lately, have have really evolved. And 
if you fast forward to 10 years ago when I started, you know, we were talking about the core customer of convenience stores in that day, in those days, and we would call him Bubba. Um, and Bubba was a, was a blue collar young male, maybe a construction worker, and, and he would stop in for gas. And, and while he was there, maybe he'd pick up some smokes and a, and a beer, a hot dog. And, you know, over the years, though, convenience stores have, have really been seeing their margins squeezed on their core products. So cigarettes and gas weren't as profitable as they used to be. And at the same time, what was happening is stores were realizing they needed an image change. Um, so what was happening is as convenience stores moved into new areas, sometimes the residents said, you know, we don't want you here because you attract crime and you're kind of dirty. And, you know, so stores knew they needed to attract more customers and also introduce new profit centers and improve their image. So these were kind of the challenges that that were happening that have led to some of the industry shifts that we're, that we're seeing over the last 10 years. Um, so one thing that stores started to do to respond was they, and to change and improve their image and attract new people um, and to help women especially maybe feel safer and more welcome in these stores, um, is that the forecourt started to become bigger and brighter. You know, they added like energy efficient LED lighting um, under the canopy and in the parking lot and big LED signs so that these stores are kind of like a, you know, a beacon in the dark and a safe haven. Um, they added landscaping and more like upscale exterior appearance as well as upscale appearance inside the store. And they really turned their attention to design. Um, they made the layout inside the store more open. They lowered shelving so you could see over it. Uh, they added softer and more modern colors. And they also started to look into new profit centers, right? Like uh, food service and, and car wash. And as food service started to grow, you know, they needed to add new sections. So they started to add kitchens, you know, so they could prepare food on site and they added indoor and outdoor seating. And in some cases they added drive-throughs and open coolers with uh, grab and go food. And, and then as, you know, food service started to grow, restroom design became important because, you know, studies show that your, you know, if your restroom doesn't look good, people are going <laughs> to be less likely to buy food, right? They're going to be like, I don't want to buy food from you. Your restroom's gross. So, Restroom design became more upscale, and, and, and there was a big focus on cleanliness, um, you know, which is really different than what I remember, you know, growing up in the 80s. So um, definitely, definitely different. Um, and, you know, with all these changes that have happened, the result has been that stores have started to get a lot bigger. Um, just one example of this, and, you know, how much bigger depends on how big the store was originally and, you know, what has happened. But one example I, I like to give is La Crosse, Wisconsin-based Quick Trip. Uh, that's Quick Trip with a K. Um, you know, they operate about 600 stores in Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Iowa. You know, 30 years ago, their stores were measuring like 2,500 square feet. And today, they're building stores at 7,500 square feet. Wow. Um, and in these new stores, you know, there's a much bigger focus on product mix um, across the industry. Um just, just a much, many more things that you can buy, many more uh, SKUs, many more varieties. And, you know, today, where we're at is that the convenience store customer, the core customer is really starting to look more diverse. So, you know, Bubba, of course, still shops at convenience stores and, and we love them. But we also, you know, for many convenience stores, the core customer is becoming increasingly multicultural and, you know, millennial or Gen Z male or female customer and those customers are actually coming in for the fresh food, you know, not just the, the gas fill up and maybe grabbing 
a beverage. I mean, they're coming there for the food now. So that's been a, a major shift. Um, and the last one I'll just touch on, you know, there's a lot of consolidation in our industry right now with big companies eating up the smaller companies. And one reason, you know, I mean, it's just in general, it's getting to be more expensive to operate a convenience store, especially for these little single store operators or tiny chains who, who maybe don't have the same buying power to compete with the bigger chains. Mm. Um, you know, and that can be especially, you know, when it comes to the cost of, when you think about the cost of real estate and uh, in implementing this, all this new technology, um, you know, they just don't have the same, same reach necessarily. So we're seeing a lot of that consolidation happening right now. And this is not a visual medium, but I'm actually nodding along as you're saying all this because <laughs> everything that you've, um, for the most part, everything that you've touched upon, um, it, we're seeing the same things. And I think mm -hmm. for, it, it's important for people that um, that are listening right now to understand that, it, you know, when, I don't know about you, Aaron, but when I went to Nagus, again, being exposed, not just to your industry, uh, someone from your industry, but also just to, um, to higher ed, I, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to be just so much more different than everyone else here. And then mm -hmm. it, it shocked me to, to see just how many um, of the same challenges that we all, I mean, it might be obviously variations of the same challenge, but the mm -hmm. same challenges that we all come across. You And I want to touch upon, gosh, there were so many things that I want to <laughs> follow up with in your answer right there. But I guess the first thing is, um, I guess it, for, for convenience stores, it started with curb appeal, right? You said brighter lights, better landscaping, something inviting to get people mm -hmm. into the store, correct? Correct, to really improve that image and make it brighter and, and friendlier to the neighborhoods. Excellent, and, and you mentioned that um, they went from, let's say, around 2,500 square feet to 7,500 square feet. Um, was that, is that actual sales floor or is that like pretty much all usable space, even including back of the house or? Yeah, that's anything in the, in the box itself. You could say, you know, it's not like including the forecourt, but the actual convenience store box. And, it, and as far as size goes, you know, it really depends on, um, you know, where the store is located um, in terms of, of space. But oh, just overall in general, um, we're seeing stores getting bigger. You know, they're not all 7,500 square feet today. You know, <laughs> yeah. Some are more like 4,000 square feet, but maybe those start, sort, excuse me, maybe those stores started, you know, a little bit smaller or are in a, you know, more, maybe they're in a, more of an urban environment where they don't have as much space to spread out. And I love how you mentioned the diverse customer base. We're seeing the same thing as well. I hate saying it, but, you know, Gen Z and millennials, you know, keep repeating that over and over again. But um, is, does it also determine that diverse customer base really determine, I guess, where your, these C stores are situated? Maybe, like you said, more urban areas, more diverse mix, thus a more diverse offering. And then as it spreads out, maybe um, not as diverse of an offering or maybe just catering specifically to certain needs. Is that how, is that accurate? I think that when it comes to millennials and Gen Z, they're really driving um, the product mix at convenience stores today, convenience stores, because, you know, that really is the core mm -hmm. customer of any convenience store, regardless of where they're based. Our customer base tends to skew younger like that. Um, so we are really looking at that generation to what their needs are. And th their needs, as we see, are, are very different sometimes than the generations above them. And they tend to be much more open to new technology. So I think that millennials and Gen Z really are driving the decisions that, uh, or their likes and wants are really informing some of the decisions that many convenience stores are making today. So you also mentioned there's a lot of consolidation, a lot of large uh, larger um, chains like a quick trip, et cetera, 
are, um, I guess, acquiring a lot of the smaller local owned convenience stores or convenience store owners for the high cost of operating, a cost of doing business. I know I can equate that to um, our industry, same thing that's happening, um, high cost to bid, high cost to operate, build, et cetera, all that. Are you seeing the same thing as well? Yes. And I, you know, absolutely. I would say that, you know, oftentimes it's even, it's private equity firms that are, that are coming in and, and purchasing uh, convenience store chains as well. And, uh, you know, they just, they have much more buying power than the average small local chain. And, and when it comes to little guys, you know, I, I've even talked to some retailers who've been in the industry for 30 years who said, you know, you know, man, if I was starting today, you know, it would be, it would be a lot harder to, to get started. And, you know, I don't know if I could do it in the same way today because it is just so much, you know, the pay to play is just so much more expensive today. And there's, you know, so much in terms of the cost of real estate and technology that if you haven't already made some inroads that it can be a, a little bit more challenging than maybe it was 30 years ago to, to get started in the industry. Um, and so I think that just the, the total cost um, of what it takes to, to move into a food service and the costs with that and to, to move into all this new technology and, you know, all the costs of that, you know, it's, it's really hard for a, a single store operator today to, to be able to grow really quickly when they're dealing with all of that. Um, and, and when they don't have already a huge chain at their disposal to kind of have more buying power in terms of being able to, to do all of these things. And at the same time, we see a lot of, uh, local ordinances and, and things like that on tobacco that are really challenging some of convenience stores core products and and adding to expenses um, you know and it, it depends on your location there's a, a lot of different ones depending on on where you are but a lot of government restrictions and ordinances that are adding costs as well so convenience stores are up against a lot and it can be challenging for the smaller chains to to get that same foothold if they don't already have it today Excellent. So let's talk trends. Um, and I'm, I want it to be pretty open-ended, but really would love for you to focus on the areas of food slash uh, product offerings. Uh, you touched upon it already, design, and I guess very broadly, and this, is, this was a, a big part of your presentation that I was intrigued by. Uh, I, I just call it engagement because that, that, I guess, captures many things from tech to design, et cetera. So love to, for you to just talk, um, I guess, specifically about those trends. Definitely. Well, convenience stores have come a very long way when it comes to food service. Um, if you, you know, I, I like to talk about what uh, kind of a joke that people tell in the convenience store industry is that uh, if you remember in the early 80s, Chevy Chase's character, uh, Clark Griswold in the movie National Lampoon's Vacation said, uh, you know, I'm so hungry I could eat a sandwich from a gas station. And we always like to talk about this because it's just uh, an example of how far things have come because right in the 80s, we really saw gas station food as something, you know, oh God, you don't want to eat that potentially. Um, and even, you know, 30 years ago, I would say that the, that kind of perception continued. But, you know, convenience stores have been getting increasingly better at food. Um, you know, today, many of them, they have their own made-to-order food. Um, you know, some have their own commissaries and distribution centers for food. And they really are competing uh, with quick service restaurants today. Um, and, you know, their core customer of younger millennials and Generation Z, you know, they, they don't necessarily remember a time the same way Gen X or older millennials or, or baby boomers would, where gas station food was perceived so negatively, right? So they're, they're more willing to buy food from a convenience store. 
Um, and then they like it and they're, you know, they tell their friends about it and they, they buy it again. So, you know, conveniencers are really paying attention, uh, you know, to what these younger generations want when it comes to food service. Um, and so one thing I'd say uh, as far as trends is that, you know, customization and personalization are, are really key. You know, customers today, um, they really want things made their way. And uh, millennials and Generation Z, they've really embraced a range of diet choices, you know, whether we're talking about gluten-free or, or vegan or vegetarian or paleo or keto, I, you know, there's, there's a long list. And, and so we see conveniencers working to offer more customization um, when it comes to food. And we're also seeing this on the coffee bar. So, you know, 30 years ago, the coffee section, you know, if you remember, it was maybe two pots of coffee. <laughs> and today, by contrast, right, it's like a 24-foot wall in some cases where we have, you know, iced coffees and syrups and creamers and, and limited time flavors like pumpkin spice. And you might have uh, cappuccino and hot chocolate dispensers. Um, and another thing happening here is that we're seeing a trend toward uh, bean-to-cup coffee dispensers. And these dispensers, they will, they're single serve and they'll just grind the beans fresh for each yeah. cup and the customer's uh, ready to, to get that cup of coffee. Um, and so this can kind of eliminate waste and it makes sure that that cup of coffee is really, really fresh. So, so those are some of the things that we're seeing, you know, when it comes to food service, you know, and the big thing when it comes to, to products in general, we're seeing, we're seeing more products, we're seeing a, a trend toward healthier products um, cleaner labels on products and, and just a range of flavor choices, um, you know, compared to what we might've seen in the past. And, you know, when you, you talk about engagement, you know, I think, I think technology is a way that convenience stores are looking to engage customers. Um, and I think there's, there's a lot of questions there right now because, you know, technology is moving faster than it ever has before. And these changes are going to keep coming. Um, and so, you know, if you look back 30 years, you know, we didn't have the internet and we didn't have smartphones. And so just those two things are really kind of changing the way convenience stores are able to do things today. Um, so what convenience stores are doing, you know, they're rolling out their own mobile apps um, and they're using those to enroll their customers. And that allows them to obtain data that, you know, is, is valuable and lets them know their customers and then that can help them, you know, in the future, continue to kind of personalize um, the shopping experience and, and target offers through loyalty programs. Uh, and those loyalty programs are based in mobile apps today. So that's a lot of, of what's happening with technology, you know, and, and, and stores are looking at a, a whole host of things from artificial intelligence to beacon technology to augmented reality, um, you know, and kind of asking the questions of, you know, what's next and, and what should we be focused on so we can, you know, continue to engage customers as, as we move forward. Um, in a similar way, they're adding things like uh, food service order kiosks, you know, so customers can place their order on that kiosk for themselves. Um, and they're testing things like order ahead uh, and pick up in store, um, as well as even delivery is, you know, as they're looking to compete against other channels. Um, and the big thing I think a lot of stores are, are at least looking at is, you know, what's happening with uh, autonomous or, or frictionless checkout. You know, Amazon's uh, first Amazon Go store opened to the public in January 2018. 
And, you know, today I think they have about 18 locations. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, convenience stores are looking at this and um, how Amazon is doing this. And there's a lot of different potential solutions with this. Um, you know, some, some stores have started rolling out their own scan and pay apps or third-party scan and pay apps, um, kind of testing the waters there. And, you know, I, I think the big thing is that, you know, regardless of what technology stores are implementing, you know, they're really being challenged to find ways to really gather customer data um, so they can be able to use that in the future to continue to personalize the shopping experience. So I think we're going to see a lot more uh, uh, with that across channels in the future. Are there any other issues that you're finding that are um, impacting uh, the uh, the convenience store space? Um, for us, labor is an issue. Uh, cost of build is an issue. Things like that. Yeah, I, I would say labor is a, a huge one. You know, um, being able to to find employees today um, in in a market where uh, you know the unemployment rate is rather low. You know, and with that, younger employees, and this kind of goes back to technology again, you know, we see where, you know, the, the younger generation expects things to work electronically. So, you know, they want their schedules electronically, or they want to maybe be able to change shifts through a text message and, you know, maybe be able to gain training through their, their cell phones. You know, so retailers are responding to all this or looking at ways that they can respond to all this in order to, you know, best position themselves to uh, you know, compete against other channels to attract employees. Um, you know, at the same time, they're trying to help schedule employees. And, you know, a lot of employees today, they might have caregiving responsibilities or, or additional gigs. So um, there's been a, you know, a call to give employees more, or, um, you know, more control over their schedule. So I think that this is all stuff that uh, the convenience store industry is, is looking at as they look to continue to attract employees, um, as well as, you know, uh, offering um, a competitive wage, um, offering incentives to to bring in to recommend other friends who might want to come and join and, and be an employee. Uh, so offering incentives to their employees who kind of go out and suggest someone to come in and interview. So um, it's definitely an, uh, a challenging area, um, but I think that stores are coming up with a lot of innovative solutions. Yeah, we're we're finding the same way. I mean, not immediately, but I, I think in in the I want to say maybe one or two years away, um, the cost and the I guess the availability of labor are really two of the things that are just impacting, are really driving um, how we engage. At least on the airport side, right? You you, you mentioned um, self organ kiosks, app, uh, self pay apps, which I think is really cool, actually. Um, mm -hmm to, I guess, mitigate uh, all those challenges. The, the good news is that unemployment's down, but the bad news is that unemployment's down. <laughs> it's kind of like a, a double-edged sword in some ways. Want to pivot a little bit uh, with my next question. Um, taking what you know, I guess, I've learned from, uh, from your travels and maybe whatever I was able to impart <laughs> to the audience during my presentation at NACUS, would love to get your thoughts on similarities and maybe any crossovers with um, convenience stores and, and airports, or at least travel essential stores in airports. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I travel a fair bit and, and I definitely see the same trend toward healthy grab and go food um, at airport convenience stores, as well as at, at airport restaurants. Um, you know, now you can get that, uh, that, 
hummus cup with the um, pretzels or, you know, your fresh wrap. Um, there's more, I see the open air cooler cases that are really focused on fresh, which is something that, you know, convenience stores are very focused on fresh today with food service. Um, you know, and, and I noticed the wide variety that you also have when it comes to, you know, uh, water and sparkling water and, and an assortment of snacks, many different varieties uh, to choose from um, that, that wide away, array of choice. So um, another thing is that, you know, when you and I were chatting, you were talking to me about how technology and, and food service trends can sometimes move more slowly in an airport environment. Um, and I would say that, you know, maybe a, it's a bit similar, you know, convenience stores are working to really be on the cusp of, you know, these trends of tomorrow. Um, but most convenience stores aren't usually the first to market with a new food trend. You know, they tend to wait until that that trend kind of peaks and then becomes more widely accepted um, because they tend to cater to such a wide customer base. Um, but once something's mainstream, like a food service item, it's more likely to be seen on a convenience store menu. Um, and that's often true for new technology too. You know, we sometimes see other channels moving first on a new technology, but then once customers have some familiarity with it, we start to see convenience stores rolling it out. Um, so as technology becomes increasingly important, you know, I do expect to see chains paying more attention to future technology. I know many that already are really focused on, you know, what's coming and, and how they can be ready to move. Um, you know, and I think that convenience stores like airports are, are really challenged with adapting to the disruption that this technology is bringing from, you know, robotics to mobile apps to, to potentially creating a frictionless experience. Um, and, and how to use data to really personalize that experience for the customer going forward. And so I think that uh, your industry, as well as mine, as well as many channels today, um, many industries today are really dealing with a lot of the same issues um, and, and the same challenges. Do you find that folks, um, or let's say companies within your industry, are looking to other spaces as well and say, wow, that works in that's working in universities or stadiums and we should implement it here? Or is it just looking at this as what we refer to as the street as a whole and looking at those trends and implementing it. Like we, we talk about self-order kiosk. Well, that you can find that almost anywhere if it's at a McDonald's, not necessarily in a stadium, right? Or, uh, or are you just kind of trying to find inspiration wherever it might strike you, I guess? Yeah, well, I would say in the past, I think that, you know, the industry has always looked to competing channels. Like we might look to, you know, drugstore and dollar store and, uh, QSRs and kind of what they're doing. But I think that these days, um, you know, experts really say to look outside your own industry, right? To look, look, really, you know, look at the hospital industry, look at your the medical <laughs> industry, look at, you know, industries that are even very different from your own, because you can find some outside the box uh, ideas there that could very well be implemented in your industry. So I think that there are more retailers that are taking that that broad approach to looking at other industries and saying, you know, what's working for them and, you know, what's similar about what they're doing that might work in my store, because I think we really are going to have to keep looking outside the box as things move forward, because things are just going to start changing so quickly. And, um, you know, we have to really kind of be leading this disruption instead of just kind of being a, a follower of it, as some people say. No, that's that. That is true. That is true. So, Aaron, my last question for you, um, and I think you touched upon it in several of your other answers, 
but maybe you can bring it all together. Um, <laughs> what do you see as the future of C stores? If, if, if maybe, all right, let's, let's make this fun, right? <laughs> if my first of my last questions then, uh, cost is not an option, uh, is not an issue. Um, how would you like to see the convenience store, a convenience store, I guess, look and operate if cost was, what, what would you like to have, I should say? You got a blank check, by the way. Go ahead, make it happen. <laughs> well, it's so interesting. You know, I think that I've heard it said many times that, you know, what convenience stores are really selling is they're selling time, mm-hmm. right? They're selling people their time. And that's really what people are looking for when they talk about convenience. And, you know, the definition of convenience, it, it keeps changing and, and evolving in terms of, of what it means to customers. So I expect that whatever we see, we're going to see convenience stores continue to, to pivot, you know, to meet those needs. Um, you know, it could, I think it would be really cool to be able to have a convenience store where, you know, it's, it's completely automated, but you still have um, those employees that offer you that, that personalized um, human experience, you know, that are able to be that friendly face. Cause I think that that is a, a really important aspect of a convenience store. You know, I think that going forward, data is going to become increasingly important because I think we're going to see convenience stores that are, they continue to really try to personalize uh, this experience to the customers. And, and I think that that could be seen in a, in a wide variety of ways. Um, but we are going to be moving into more of a, of, of a digital culture where data is driving those decisions. Um, so, you know, I'm not sure what, what exactly the future <laughs> convenience store is going to look like. And I've seen so many potential future models that, mm-hmm. you know, all from, oh, it's just going to be, you know, an autonomous car that's going to drive around and bring people <laughs> deliver food, to, you know, oh, it's going to be this, this great big place that is kind of a, a hub where, people come to spend time and, you know, and everything's uh, facial recognition software, you know, I have no idea what the future holds. You know, there's so many, uh, so many dreams out there and and ideas. (laughs) And I think all of them sound really, really neat to me. But um, I, again, I think the, the thing that's important is that it's really going to come down to, you know, offering customers that, that time that they're looking for and being able to meet the needs that they have and to being able to do that in a, in a digital way, um, that is really focused on the customer experience and, and personalizing that experience to each individual customer. Excellent. Well, Aaron, before we sign off, I'd love for you to kind of just um, talk about, can you just share where they might, we might find you um, on social media and maybe you, your website if people are interested in C-Store Decisions? Um, well, you can find our website at cstoredecisions.com. And you can find me on Twitter at CStoreD underscore Aaron. Well, um, I really urge a lot of folks that are listening right now to go and check it out because I, I've personally learned so much just in our conversation, obviously at NACUS and now on this podcast. And I want to thank you again for taking the time to speak with me. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. 